0: If, if you are a mother and if you're here with the, with us this morning, would you just stand up? And we just want to honor you just for just a moment, please. Very good. Just stand up, moms. Okay, uh, upstairs too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, upstairs, you mom, stand up. Miss Karen, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so so hey, um, this world couldn't couldn't go on without you guys. You're you're the you're the glue that sticks everything together, and we love you and and God bless you. And so let's give our our mothers a hand, please. Now, go, go ahead and be, and be seated, um, ladies. Now, you'll notice here that we have a wonderful gift for each mother. We got each one of you a, uh, a, a bunt cake from Nothing Bunt Cakes. Now, if you've never had one of their bunt cakes, they are sinful. All right? And there are all different flavors, and there's some lemon, there's chocolate, there's red velvet, and I'm not sure there's one other flavor, but we're going to hand these to you at the end of the service, service because... It'll get pretty noisy during the service for you trying to open these up to eat, okay? So at the end of the service, we're going to hand you one of these as a gift and just the appreciation of you just being a great mom, okay? So everybody's going to get one of those, all the ladies anyways. Now, I want to do something that I've never done before, but I think it's important to do. Um, Um... if, if maybe your mother has, has passed away, and so I want to take a minute and honor those mothers that have passed away but still leaves their legacy on in you and also with, you know, your, your, with with your children. So if your mom's already passed away, would you just stand up, please? You could be a man or a woman, and your mother's passed away. And so, so we do want to honor those. And so um, thank you very much. Have a seat, and let's pray together. Father, we love you, and we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, thank you for all these moms here this morning. Um, thank you, Lord, for their for their endless work, for their endless service. Most importantly, just them being an example of what a godly mother is, a mother who loves Jesus with all their heart and all their mind and all their soul. And Lord, knowing that sometimes we don't always um, live up to that, but we thank you for your grace and for you to continue to encourage us to be um, the best, for them to be the best moms that they possibly can be. And Lord, for our moms like myself that's passed away and has gone on, I thank you for all that they've taught us and all that they mean to us. And we just remember them today and just thank you for those blessings. We give you all praise, honor, and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Uh, now this morning we would like to, um, we're going to have our family dedication time, and there are quite a few families that wanted to be part of this, but they couldn't because of uh, one thing or another, but we do have a couple of families that are going to partake, and so I'm going to ask for the Horners and also for the Thompsons to come at this time, please, and my wife, please come. Here we go. And so we we need all your rascals up here too, okay? All right. Desk come on the stage, please. Well, it's kinda kinda quiet, isn't it? Tell us a joke, John. No. You got nothing. All right. All right. And now before we get started with with the child dedication, um, um, Dwayne, stand up just for a minute, would you please? And uh, I've been visiting with Dwayne and then also with Miss Crystal, and uh, and they want to make they want to place their ministry officially here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, part of this this church family. So all in favor, say amen. So we want to take care of that. So Dwayne, give me a give me a raise your hand up in here. Okay. Yeah, very good. And they both come by transfer of letter, and so we'll get that information from you after services, okay? But we love y'all, and we're so glad that your ministry here is officially at Cornerstone. You've both been coming and serving, so we're we're grateful for that, okay? Now these are two wonderful families, and what they want to do this morning is 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 get a, is get an accountability with their church family, and that's you. And so what they're doing this morning is is they understand that their children are are a gift from God, and they know that God has given them this child. And so what they're doing here is this, is that that they're acknowledging that and they're saying, God, this is your child. And Lord, I take the responsibility to do a couple of things. And so I want to read out of Psalms chapter 127 in a very familiar text. I know you've, you've read it before yourselves, but it says this. It says this, John and Rachel and Crystal and Tim. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, amen, unless the Lord builds the house, They labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Then here it is in verse 3. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Not always, are they? (laughs) But they are. They are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And so today, these two families come and they're acknowledging that, that, that their children, that they're given a responsibility to do two things. Number one, to raise him into a, in a godly home in the admonition of the Lord. And number two is that they're saying, you know what, Lord, we're we're going to, at the earliest opportunity, we're going to make sure that they know who Jesus Christ is through us, and how we act and what we do, but more importantly, that when they come to the age of when they understand that we're going to lead them into, into salvation, into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what they're doing here this morning. So John and Rachel and Crystal and Tim, um, is, do you make that vow and, and, and to the Lord and make that covenant with him that, that A, that uh, you're going to raise the child up in the admonition of the Lord, and number two is that you're going to lead your child to the Lord as soon as that they can and the Lord does he wills John, Rachel, yeah. Crystal, yeah. and Tim. Amen. Hey, give them a hand real, real quick, will you? That's great. Now, we have a couple of things, in my pretty wife here, who's taller than me right now because she's got high heels on, so, um, see there? But we have these plaques, and we have one for each one of the children, and um and, it, and it's, it's just a, a child dedication certificate, and it just says that on this special day, we celebrate um, with the husband and wife of the parents of the child and the dedication of their child on this day of 2017. And then what we asked them to do was do a couple of things. First of all, why are they dedicating their child in a, in a sentence or two? And we put that on here. And then also we asked them to, to choose a verse of scripture that they could lay over that child um, for the rest of their lives. That they can take this verse and that they would be encouraged to, 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 to purpose this in their child's life. And so uh, those two things. Plus, we asked each parent to write a letter. To, to, the, to their child and that the day that they receive Jesus Christ as Savior that they can open this letter and read what their parents wrote. Isn't that cool? And so um, so uh, first we'll start with Bryson Lynn Horner. and he is dedicated today by his parents Crystal and Timothy Horner and they write this to their to their children. Loving and knowing the Lord is very important. We as parents want you to know, we 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 as your parents want you to grow up knowing his word, love and grace. We will strive to be great examples for you to live through. Christ today, tomorrow and always, we love you, your parents. Isn't that cool? And here's the letter for Bryson that when he gets saved, that he can read this and what his parents wrote these years before. So um can you hold all of these? Okay. All right. Because they have three children. And then, of course, we have Clark. And Clark's uh, life verse is, is Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So Colossians three seventeen is Clark's life verse. Okay. I think Timothy can handle it there. He's a stout, stout man there. And then we have one for little Demi. Y'all take a look at that baby. And then we got pictures up there. You see those up there? Look at that nose, boy. Look at that. Perfect. Beautiful. Well, little Demi. Um, her parents again wrote the same thing um, from the parents, but her life verse is James chapter one, verse 17. And it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting shadow, shadows? So, Demi, God never changes. Amen. That's a great life verse. So, here's that one for her. Okay. All right. And then we have little Miss Aaron here. Come on, Tom. Very good. Very good. And um, of course, the parents of Aaron is Rachel and John Thompson. And they write to their child, oh look at you, you get to hold a baby. It says, they say, they say that we're dedicating you, that this is what we want to do, because we understand that she is a gift from God, and that she is our responsibility, and we're to point her towards Christ by what we say and by what we do. This is why we want to dedicate Aaron to the Lord. And her life verse, and and as, and I read his letter. I didn't get to read theirs, but, man, I want to be there when she reads this letter that John and Rachel wrote her. But, uh, and I hope God gives us that opportunity. But Philippians 4, 6, and 8 is her life verse, and it says... Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And that's Aaron's last verse. So congratulations to you two. Very good. Now, would you, as a church family, but um, stand together and pray for these for these couple as we as we as we ask the Lord um, to place a hedge of protection around these children, around these families, and that we ask this the blessing upon them. Okay. So Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for the Horners and we thank you for the Thompsons. And Lord, the decision that they have made and the commitment, the vow that Lord that they are making to raise their children up in Your admonition, to to follow to follow Your plan um, for 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 Your child, for Your children, for life. That Lord, that just like a, just like a, a warrior who who needs to pull that arrow out of his quiver and that arrow needs to be straight and it needs to be perfect so that when the arrow was shot from the bow, That it can hit the target that it's supposed to hit, and Lord, so we just pray for these families that are taking on that responsibility of raising these children up, so that they can be used mightily of You in the years to come, and that Lord, one day at the soonest possible time, Lord, when they can understand sin and understand the need of a Savior, and then when the Holy Spirit convicts their heart unto salvation, that Lord, that um, that that day will come, and that they will accept You as Lord, Master, and Savior. Lord, we pray for your protection around this family, and as a church family, Lord, we just want to say that we're not going to judge them, but we, Lord, we're going to pray for them, and we want to encourage them and just help them to be accountable to this great vows that they are taking this morning. We love you, God. We give you praise and glory and honor, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Give them a hand, will you? All right. Be seated. Wonderful. Wonderful. If you will, please, this morning, open your Bibles to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel. I've never been one on Mother's Day to, you know, to preach at the mom's or to preach down at the dad's or Father's Day to do the same thing, you know. And um, I, I just want us to stay in what we've been doing for the last few weeks, and, and that is is just going and talking about how we as a church, that how we should care. And, and so we've been talking about that part of it, of, of the church being a movement, and that movement is supposed to move. And with that movement, there is a message, and the message is what should drive us. And the results of that message is always that we want people to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Everybody say amen. And so, so this morning I want to look, I want to look here in Daniel chapter, chapter one, I keep calling it Daniel chapter three, but Daniel chapter one, I want us to look at that this morning and I've entitled the message and we don't have a lot of notes or any notes up here, but we do have the verses for you, but we're going to call it the great adventure because you know, um, um, being a Christian, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior, hereby listen, your adventure starts, but your adventure may not be great because there are some things that you may not be doing or some things that you are doing that you shouldn't be doing. And so we see in the life of Daniel and we see in chapter 1 that that his adventure of life and that he made that covenant with God, that his adventure was great because he made certain decisions. And so I want to look this morning together at Daniel chapter 1. Look with me, please. It says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Of course, that was prophesied uh, in Scripture that that would happen. Why? Because Israel turned away from God. The Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, who is Baal. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his little g God, false God, the God of Baal. Then the king ordered. Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in, let's look at this, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal families and the nobles. And then it says in verse 4, "...youths in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge." who had ability for serving in the king's court, and he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them a daily ration, and here it is. Remember, the Jews had a strict diet. They were under the law. We're not under the law, so we get to eat pork. Everybody say amen to that. We get to eat some good old pork, but <laughs> but but they were under the law, and so there were certain things that they could not touch, and so so when it says that says here that they were to eat um, certain things from the king's table, that it would have it would have been it would have it would have been against. The covenant or the law that Moses had enacted for the people of Israel, and so and so it says here in verse five that um, they were to to give rations of the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah. Michelle and Azariah says, then the commander of the officials assigned new names to them. Now, these guys are getting new names. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And to Daniel, he assigned the name Belteshazzar and to Hananiah Shadrach and to Michelle uh, Meshach and to Azariah Abednego. And then here it is in verse eight. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Let's pray. We love you, Lord, once again. And now, Father, as we've taken your word and we've opened it up and we read it, Lord, I pray this morning that we'll just take the next 15 minutes twenty minutes, Lord, and just glean some great truths from your word. And Lord, understanding that if we have started that great adventure of accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, that Lord, we pray that we're not one of those who who, who compromise, who, who don't separate ourselves and 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 maybe our adventure isn't great because we've done that but lord maybe there's some here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as savior and lord i pray this morning that uh, that the holy spirit will just speak to their hearts and to their minds lord and that you'll convict them of that need uh, to have a personal relationship with you lord maybe there's some families some moms and dads lord that just that just uh, are here this morning who just need to step it up and 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 shine jesus um, into their family and into their world Lord, that's 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 the movement, that's the movement that you've called us all to. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's look at a couple of things this morning. Now, again, without a doubt, it's a great adventure to be a Christian, isn't it, everybody? Huh? It's a great adventure to be a Christian. And and while life is full of exciting and trying times, uh, you know, the truth is, is we are given choices in all that we do. There, Look up. I, I it was funny and I I I'm I'm so glad. But I was walking down the hallways, and, and, I, and I, I kept hearing conversations. It was, it was prom last night, and, and I, 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 I hear conversations going on that, you know, that this happened, that happened, and this, my child, you know, came home late, and this, that happened, that happened. I'm just thinking to myself, thank God I don't have to go through that anymore. <laughs> we had those four demon kids that we raised, and uh, it was prom night. Was, I'm just kidding around. We had a almost good, no, I'm just kidding around. I don't know why I got off. We all have decisions to make, right? And, um, and, and what makes the adventure a success is doing what is right <laughs> in the eyes of the Lord. It's doing right what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Look, look, look at Daniel. He was surrounded by ungodliness. He was surrounded by, by this false religion. He was surrounded by ungodliness. He was brought from one place and, and, and hundreds of miles over to another place. And he was surrounded with this different culture and these different things. And it would have been easy for him to go right in there and compromise everything that he knew was right and do what they did, and nobody would think anything different about him. And he had probably had a good old life, but he knew that it wouldn't be the right kind of life in the eyes of his father, God. And so he said, I will not defile myself. He had to make the choice for himself, and that choice that he would not become as his surroundings were now listen i got you here and we lock all the doors in the back so you can't get out there's no exits anywhere so you got to listen okay but you know there's this word called separation um, and that is when we accept jesus christ as savior that that we repent of our sins and by faith through grace we receive that but we're saying when we repent that we're going to turn going from one direction to another that's the separation part. You see, what we want people to see is that we die to ourselves. As Ron Fox right? I, I'm going to die to myself. Rachel, she's going to die to herself because what she wants people, she wants to reflect Jesus Christ. I want, we as Christians, when we start this great adventure and we started this movement, being part of this movement, this message that is alive, that goes forth, is that we wanted to see people, we, we, we want people to see Jesus Christ. And all of you out here, that's, that's really what it's all about. The movement is, is we want people to see Jesus in us. And that's why this first church was So successful because they accomplished that, because they didn't defile themselves. And then way back when with with Daniel, he gives us this great example of not being defiled and not compromising with your surroundings. You know, I was talking to um, Brother Glenn, Brother Glenn Ryan. I I remember a few months ago he told me a story uh, about when he was a young boy. He told me that, um, that just outside of town here where, where he was being, where he's raised at, he was walking out in the, in the, in the, in the field and, um, he found an eagle's egg on the ground. And, and so he knew he couldn't climb that 80 foot mesquite tree. Okay, so you know I'm exaggerating, and Brother Glenn didn't really say this, okay? But Brother Glenn knew he couldn't, he couldn't climb this 80-foot mesquite tree and put this egg back up in the nest. So here's what Glenn did, is he, went and he, got that, he got that eagle's egg, and he took it back to the chicken house, and he put it in with the other eggs, and a hen laid on it. Well, guess what happened? The egg hatched. The eagle accepted the mother. The mother accepted the eagle. And so, so, so as time went, that little eagle followed all the other chicks and the mother hen, and it'd go outside and it would scratch into the dirt like a chicken, and it would, uh, it would, it would, it would flap its wings like a chicken. It did everything that a chicken would do. And then one day, this eagle, this that thought him that thought he thought he was a, a, a chicken, he looked up in the sky one day and he saw this magnificent bird just, just owning the air a wide wingspan, and it was so majestic. And he looked to his mama, the the chicken hen, and said, what is that? And mama said, the mama hen said, that's an eagle. That's the most powerful and majestic bird there is. And then the little eagle looked up and said, wow, I wish I could be like that. And the mama hen said, son, you could never, ever be like that. And so the little eagle lived the rest of his life as a chicken, and died as a chicken. Sad story, right, Brother Glenn? Your eagle died as a chicken. But listen, our great adventure starts when we're born again. Everybody say amen. Our success of holding on in hope depends upon whether we become like our surroundings or like our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, that chicken had the choice, right? The eagle had a choice. It could be like what it was supposed to be, or it could be just what he was told he could be. But listen, we as Christians, we ought to know, we got to know that we're not to be like our surroundings, that our surroundings shouldn't mold us who we are, but we should be like Jesus Christ. Now, if we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, then look, we're eagles. And if we are eagles, then we need to act like eagles. Thousands of people, listen to this, thousands of people proclaim Christ, but they become what their surroundings are. They act like chickens, they defile themselves with the world's views, they corrupt themselves with the things, and they, and they, and they say, say and here, and every day so-called Christians claim their inheritance, but they fail to exercise their faith. Listen, if this is you, then pay attention, because you are either not saved, or you're an eagle disguised as a chicken, and either way, it doesn't give glory to God. All right, Daniel chapter 1. I want us to see here that Daniel had purpose and that was is that he was dedicated You know, in their youth, Daniel and three others were taken captive from their country. And the Bible says that they were chosen because they had great ability, that they had no blemish. It says they were well favored, they were knowledgeable, and they were wise. And these four were to be taken, and they were to be transformed to the Babylonian ways. And they were to conform all to which the Babylonians believed. Now, Look at it. Even their names were changed. Daniel's was changed from meaning God. Daniel means, Daniel means this. He, it means, it means uh, God is my judge. And they changed his name to Belshazzar, meaning Baal will protect me. Well, you're talking about a sucker punch, huh? To God. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar knew that the best way to change someone was to change them through their surroundings. Now, Now, here we go. We're going to make some application here. You know, the same is true for us. Like it or not, Satan wants to change you. Listen, Satan wants to change us, and he knows the best way to do it is through your surroundings. That is, we allow ourselves to to what to say and what to hear. Maybe our priorities, who we choose to hang around with. It's what we read, and it's what we watch on our computers, and what we watch on TV. You know, I know that sounds an old cliche and, and outdated thing, but it's true. Those are our surroundings, and God has a different surrounding for us. We are his chosen people. We are his eagles. We are his priesthood. We are the children of God. And so what we're saying here this morning is our surroundings means everything. You know, look, when, when we're born again in Jesus Christ, we're, we're put out there into this world. And it's, and it's easy to be defiled because, look, we've got to live in the world. And right. But the truth is, is that we have to be careful of what we say and do and hear and see and go about everybody. Right. And not to compromise those things that God puts us into or what Satan throws at us. Now, because we don't want to be fooled, you know, Satan is really good at what he does. You you know that, don't you? He is a thief, and he's out to destroy all which God does. We understand that the devil or Satan is a liar, and Satan is is a master of disguise, and that Satan is real, and he is after you, and he knows your weaknesses, and he continues to set his snares. Look at verse 8. It says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. You know, Daniel knew if he took the king's meat and drank his wine, whatever it was, that he would be just like all the other people. That is, that he would start the process of becoming like his surroundings. And Daniel dedicated or purposed not to partake of that which would not glorify God. Daniel knew if he would do right that God would take care of him. And for Daniel and for us... Our great adventure becomes great when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. But I'm afraid for many people, their faith stops right there. It stops at salvation. That is, we don't strive to be successful. We, we give in and we compromise. And, and this, this separation that we've been called to, we just pretend that it's not for us, that it's outdated. But that's not true. Hey, listen, sin defiles us and we lose the zeal to please God. And the longer we do this, the easier it gets, the less we care, and sooner or later, God just becomes a thing instead of a way of life. Christian, do you know what it means to be saved and be successful in the great adventure? Do you know? It means, it means this. It means that you're dedicated to the one who died for you. It means, again, separation. Uh, how many of us here um, know that you're saved? Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He says, All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, I hope that we can all say that we are in Christ. And, and you know, I was thinking about this, and I, I pray that for our kids who are going to camp in just a few weeks. Everybody, amen? You know, I, I pray for our kids that are going to camp in a few weeks, for the ones uh, who are saved and for the ones who will be saved. I, I pray for our seniors who this is going to be their last camp, and then they're fixing to go off to college. And my prayer for all those students is, is for them to be dedicated for them to to be able to go to camp and and, and to be dedicated and committed and to come back and to be on fire and to to send them forth for another year being committed to Christ. Are you all with me on that? I mean, that's what we're praying for. That's why we send our kids to youth camp. And uh, I pray for you and them that they will not be a product of their environment. I pray that these students will not be a product of their environment. Instead, we want them to be a steadfast Christian seeking to please God Almighty. But you know what? I also pray that when they go to camp, and they and, and what happens is when you go to camp is you get away from all the, all the surroundings, right? And they get out there, and, and, they're, and they're not even to take their phones with them. And I was talking to some of the students the other night, and they said, yeah, we don't even want to take our phones. It's great not to have our phones. Can you believe that some of your kids said that? But they said, we don't even want that. But but here's here's my prayer, and and, um, um, listen close. Because we're talking about the movement. And if we're going to reach our world with the message of Jesus Christ, we have to be different. We, We can't be like the rest of the world. There has to be something different about us, and we have a different standard of living. I don't mean we can't have fun. And, and I know that there's a bunch of legalism out there that I'm not talking about all that. I'm just talking about living for Jesus and making Jesus a priority. That's all I'm talking about. But I pray for these kids that they go, as they're going to camp, and they get dedicated and committed and separated and, and priorities straight, that they don't come home and go to their homes and get compromised by what's going on in their homes. Because some of these kids, they're going to go get off and get fired up and they're going to come back and be right in this dysfunctional stuff that's not encouraging them to be all that they can be for Jesus. Amen. So let's pray for our students, but let's also make sure that we're providing that place for them to be all that they can be for in Jesus Christ. Now, did you know this? Did you know that only one out of ten who accept the Lord Jesus goes on to be a genuine, successful Christian? Did you know that one out of ten? The other nine, at some point, blends right back into the world. You see, to Daniel, nothing else mattered more than God. And he knew what the Lord expected from him, and he gave it. So I ask you again, do you know for sure you are saved? Let me ask you this, does your fruit reflect that? And it says in John fifteen five, it says, Jesus says, I am the vine. He says, you are the branches. And he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringing forth much fruit. For without me, he says, you can do nothing. So it doesn't take a very smart person to understand what Jesus is saying. That is a genuine Christian will do great and wonderful works for the Lord and he or she will sustain from the king's meat. A successful Christian will put God first. And folks, we need to purpose in our heart that we are going to live for Christ and be concerned for our fellow Christians. We need to be concerned about our adventure. It's going to be great. You need to be con- and you need to be concerned whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. Look, where will your adventure lead you? Please listen to this. Hell is hot. Hell is hot. Hell is everlasting. And I want you to know that hell is real. And millions of people are in hell right now because they took the wide open road. And they did what was easiest. And they ate from the king's table. And they drank his poisonous nectar. And they became as their surroundings. You know, Isaiah chapter 5 verse 14 says that there are more people in hell than heaven. Did you know that? Genesis records only eight were saved from the great flood; the rest perished and went to hell. I promise you, those people would give anything right now to change their eternity. Let me ask you: Is there godly fruit in your life? Let me ask you: Are you known more for what is ungodly than godly? Now here's here's where we're going, we're, we're almost done, but. Are you known more for what is ungodly than godly? Do you purpose in your heart not to defile God? Do you stand up for what is right? While works will, will not get you to heaven, it does, however, point you to the direction that you were headed. No one has to go to hell. Everybody say amen. No one has to go to hell. The Bible says that Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to die that second death. All he asks is that you admit that you are a sinner, admit that he is God, and purpose with your mortal life to live for him and to make him a priority. Now, let's do something real quick here, and then we're going to close. Um, if you're saved and you know it, say amen. Now, all of those who have become a Christian by God's grace and who has lived according to his will and not the world's, say Amen. A lot fewer people could say amen and be honest about that. If you honestly could say it, then you're not. If you honestly couldn't say it, if you honestly couldn't say it, then your life needs to be altered. Amen? Maybe you are saved but have just blended into the world some. Maybe you've been been becoming as your surroundings, and maybe it happens, you know, step by step and little by little, and then all of a sudden you're just you're just you're just blended, and there's not much difference between you and that which is ungodly. Not meaning that you're a great bad horrible person, but what is your priority? You know, the best moms to make the best mom is a person who has Jesus Christ as their priority and that's producing fruits for Jesus Christ. The best dad is one who's going to have the priority of, of Jesus Christ and leading his family, right? And not because of the world standards. Now, so it's this defilement. It's this defilement. Christians... Christian, God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to conform to his will and his, and his ways, not the world's. He wants you to do what is right. And Jesus wants his church to be full of people who produce good works, people that doesn't take the meat and drink of the world. Listen, our church, our church does great work for God, but just think of the greater impact we would have if we all put God first in everything that we do. Just think of it. Just think of people worried more about pleasing God than maybe pleasing other people. Just think what could what a church could do if we gave more to God than we give to our pleasures. Hey, do you believe God's word? If you do, then we ought to stand up for what is right and do what what do what is right and soar like an eagle instead of living life as a chicken. Hey, as Christians, we are made to soar like eagles, not to flap our wings on the ground like a chicken. We're God's children, we're eagles, we are the chiefest people, and I believe God wants us to act like that. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You know, Daniel had a great life and he had a great big adventure. But he only had it because he was obedient to God. I mean, you read the book of Daniel. Look at how God used him all throughout the book of Daniel, all these magnificent ways. He had a great adventure, and it's only because in chapter 1, he didn't defile himself. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Have you ever made the biggest decision a person can make? Christian, are you like that eagle that thought he was a chicken? Are you just conforming to your surroundings? settling on what is easier? Are you purposing in your heart not to defile yourself? You know, no one said the adventure of Christianity would be, it would be easy, but you know what? God says that it will be great. It will be great. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for um, the Word of God that we have. And Lord, our prayer this morning is is that we as Christians um, uh, will just remember that we have a responsibility to be different. And it doesn't mean we have to be weird. It just means that we need to be godly. And that because you are the vine and we are the branches, Lord, that there is a certain fruit that we're to represent of our Savior Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we all make a priority to do that. And so, Lord, I pray if, if there's one here that's never accepted Christ as Savior, and, Lord, I pray for your spirit just to convict, Lord, that this morning that they'll, they'll stand up and that they'll come forward and proclaim you as their Lord and Savior. And, God, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that we'll just take a great inventory of our lives and just ask ourselves, um, are we producing um, good works not that we're saved because of works, but is our lives producing um, good for you? Are, are we moving the message forward, or Lord, is more of what we're producing is for selfishness and for ourselves and 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 are ungodly? Lord, help us to determine that in our hearts, so that we could um, enter into this into this uh, adventure of life, and that it be a great success. Lord, I pray that. We'll all want to live like eagles, like we're made to live, and not to live as eagles, as chickens. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me this morning.